So last night we had dinner. I guess it was Friday night. Mark and I had dinner with our friends, David and Michelle Fine. We know David as Davi, so if I say Davi, you'll, I'm talking about the same person. If you don't know them personally, they're the folks that were here to talk to us a few weeks ago about the Christmas tree project. And um, they're, they're dear friends. In fact, Michelle was Ryan's kindergarten teacher, and Ryan is in eighth grade now. So they've been around for quite some time in our life. But as we were having dinner, Davi was, we were talking about places we'd like to go, and Davi was telling us about this place um, somewhere on the coast around Scotland or Ireland where they, all year long, the community there builds a Viking ship. All year long, this is a work of the community, and they build it so that at the end of the year, they can burn it. And um, there, our story talked about the Greeks being those who, who burned their ships. In, in their story, it's the Vikings who burned their ships on the shore. But the point is, the community exercises that practice of working on something together and building knowing that the building that they're doing isn't at all about the, pro- about the end product. The building is about what they gain, what they gain in their journey, in working together, how they collaborate, and their willingness to let go of any physical symbol of that, to really let that go in celebration, in literally in a burst of flames. And that's what set me out seeking this particular reading because I wanted to know more about it. Um, As I read about it, I found that there are several people who say this is an absolute thing, that, that it's the Greeks and they used to burn their ships. And then there are several people who say, are you crazy? The Vikings came in, they plundered, and they left really fast. They would never have survived if they'd burned their ships. I don't know whether it's a true story or not. What I know is it's an absolutely perfect metaphor for the concept of elimination. And it happens in our lives. How many of you have ever left a job before you found a new job? Very good. How many of you, or not so good, yes, or not so good, depending upon how that happened? Um, and, And I'm hoping that several of you have left one relationship before you started another. Yes? So these are, these are samples, aren't they, of how we eliminate in order to make room for something new. And that moment, you have to forgive me, we have a little, a little chord problem today, so I'm sorry for the static. And that process of truly eliminating something normally brings up a little bit of fear. We become frightened. I hate this job, or maybe I love this job and it's not the right job, but I'm going to walk away from this job because it's not what I want to do. And in the moment, it feels really good. And a week later, it feels really scary. What if I don't get the job I wanted? What if I don't find the job I want? What happens if I don't get a job at all, and six months from now, I lose my job, or I lose my house, I lose my ability to care for myself. What happens? Most of us, in our process of elimination, begin to live in fear, and our fear is placed in the future. Right? So there's a kind of fear that you have to respond to immediately, like the kind of fear that happens here if you're driving on the snow and you come to a stoplight and your car doesn't want to agree with you. 
and you, you, you slide through the stuff. That's not the kind of fear I'm talking about today. That kind of fear has an automatic response. You have to do something right now. It's a right now fear. I'm talking about future fear, which is what most of us do to ourselves when we eliminate something. Even something so simple as cleaning out a box. I really love this thing. It's been in the box for 10 years. I can't let it go because I might need it. I can't let it go because my friend might come by. She gave it to me and she might ask me where it is, although she hasn't asked in 10 years. Right? What if she sees it at the ark? <laughs> okay? Right? Do you have those thoughts? So that's all future worrying, isn't it? So when we're afraid, we say to ourselves, I am afraid. What's going on with you? I am afraid. I am afraid. I am. Are you? Fear? Is that who you are? No. You are not fear. You may be experiencing some fear in that moment. But our language around what we're experiencing becomes very important. So I want to give you a different way of looking at fear. I want to offer you that fear is an ally who walks with you through life. And I like to imagine that I could hook arms with fear, just like I do with my sweetheart, that I could hook arms and fear would just walk along with me and just be there. From the time I'm first born all the way through my life, fear walks right next to me that close but not necessarily right here. You see, fear's job is to warn me about things that might come up. Oh, Ariana, you should look down. Be careful. You might fall off the step. Thank you. Fear is there to tell me. How many of you have ever been in the car with a backseat driver? How about the backseat driver who goes, ah, look out! Okay, this is what fear will do if you, don't, if you don't take control. You are the driver in your life. Fear is your ally. Fear is not in charge. Fear is there to do a job. The job of fear is to give you warning. So the first thing that happens when we experience fear is an awareness. Oh, my fear is here. Okay, When we experience fear, the second step is to look and say, am I in danger? Am I in danger right now, this right now, this moment? Am I in danger? No. Right now, I've probably eaten. I have clothing on my back, a shelter I can go to. Chances are, in most cases... If you ask yourself, am I in danger right now? There's no army running at you. No Mack truck you're looking head on. Right this minute, you're probably safe. It's really important. This seems like such a silly little thing. Am I in danger right now? But I'll tell you why it's important. Because you have a biological response to being afraid. And the biological response is that all the oxygenated blood in your body is going to go to your limbs. So that you can can operate in a fight-or-flight function. You can run, or you can put up your dukes, whichever it is you need to do. 
So if you allow yourself, I knew you were going to laugh at put up your dukes. I knew you were. (laughs) If you're going to um, allow yourself to be fear, you're going to tell your body to respond to that. And it will biologically do that. The other thing that happens when all the oxygenated blood goes to your limbs is you turn on your reptilian brain and you turn off your logic. So am I in danger right now is a critical question. Because once you recognize in this moment, I am not in danger, your body turns off all its inner alarms. You are then able to settle in back to your body and have your full capacity to figure out what your solution will be. So can you see how, first of all, removing fear from being who you are is important, noticing it, thanking it for being present, and asking it to turn down the volume, observing whether you're in fear right now allows you to stay stable and in yourself, and then you can say to yourself, so what is the story I'm telling myself? What is the story I'm afraid could happen in the future. Well, I just left my partner and I'm afraid I will never find anyone to love again. I was lucky this time. Or, I just left my partner and they really sucked and I'm a bad judge of character. And I'm never going to trust myself again. All stories, right? I left my job. I moved out of my house and went to a new place I've never been before. I will never meet anyone again. All of that is creation. And you are the creator of your story. So once you find out how you're fearfully scaring yourself, and here's the thing you have to remember. When you make up a story, your ally is in. You say, what if I never find love again? And fear says, Dang right. What if you never do? I think it's a bad idea anyway, don't you? You had a terrible experience. Let's not do that anymore. Your ally is going to partner in your story. So if you say to your ally, actually, right now I'm safe. I kind of like myself. There are some things I want to work on. I don't have to worry about that right now. Right now I'm going to worry about this. Or maybe you do have to worry about it. It's, I'm going to look for a job. What actions can I take right now to find what it is I'm after? I want to write a book. I'm afraid of writing the book. Why am I afraid to write the book? What if I'm not good enough to write a book? What if 16 other people wrote the same book? Who's going to care what my opinion is? If you're not in fear, you might say to yourself, I will feel better when I have written this book then I can figure out what I'm going to do with it. But the first step is writing. And I'm willing to put my story down. This process of eliminating whatever it is that's blocking you and actually stepping forward beyond your fear and disciplining your fear is critically important to your ability to grow spiritually. Most of you who have been here for a while know that because I have shared with you that congregational ministry was not on my radar at all. In fact, I had been invited into it several times and said no. Until the day that it came to me 
through a spiritual calling, through a spiritual experience I could not deny. If you're busy, if I had been busy then holding on, I would have retreated to my boat and gone home. (laughs) I had to eliminate several things in my life to make this happen. When we get called spiritually to move in a direction, it means being able to say no to this so that we can go to that. And we practice that. We get ready for that. Because what I hear from this community, and we saw it on the health survey we did last week, is we want our life to be meaningful and of purpose. And we have within us the divine voice that guides us to that, if we're willing to follow it and to listen. If we're willing to cultivate our connection with our own indwelling God, then we will be taken on the journey. But we have to be willing to go on it, to step forward in whatever direction that is. So we practice. We teach our friend fear that fear is not allowed to yell at us from the back seat. Thank you very much. I got this. Warn me again if you see it, but could you do it a little softer? I don't want to feel that fear. So we take control. We drive. It's our life journey. And we let our fear be a helper, not in charge. We pay attention to whether we're in danger or not. We check our story. And then we give a sense of relief to ourselves, that sense of gratitude I really am safe, and there are things I can do. And from there, we let our inner guidance take us, our inner wisdom. When Mark talked earlier about spiritual maturity and accountability, that's what we're talking about. A willingness to step into who you really are in all of your magnificence as God expressing to really step in and be guided by that part and to leave behind what no longer serves you. I have some quotes for you I'd like to share. Eleanor Roosevelt said, do one thing every day that scares you. (laughs) Marion Williamson said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. John Lennon said, there are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. We need to learn to love ourselves first in all our glory and all our imperfections. If we cannot love ourselves, we cannot fully open to our ability to love others or our potential to create. Evolution and all hopes for a better world Rest in the fearlessness and open-hearted vision of people who embrace life. Ambrose Redmond said, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. And finally, this is by Anonymous. 
Never be afraid to try something new. Remember, amateurs built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic. <laughs>